Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by co-host and editor of thewolfpacker.com, Matt Carter. And that leads me to a great reason to, t- to remind you why you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you want to see Matt Carter's fresh new haircut, and man, it is a great haircut. I don't think I've ever seen Matt look this sharp. I mean, the beard's on fleek. The haircut's looking sharp. You head over to the YouTube channel right now if you are listening to this. Smash that sub- subscribe button and go watch this video of the most recent podcast. Take a look at Matt Carter. And if you are a listener of podcasts, remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Let's talk about NC State Louisville this Saturday, another 7.30 p.m. game, this time on ACC Network in Carter-Finley Stadium. It's homecoming. Hopefully a good crowd's coming out. We've got some big things to talk about going into this game, but Matt, first of all, I've got to ask you, how do you feel with that haircut, and do you think it's going to bring good mojo to Carter-Finley Stadium on Saturday? I don't know about the latter. Um because see, the problem is, is the reason why this haircut looks good, as I, I explained to you off air, is I got it this morning. And the woman who does my haircut, uh, her name is Jenna, does a real good job of of uh, making it look good. But I am not as talented as she is when it comes to, to structuring my hair. So come Saturday, it probably will not look like that. You're just the beneficiary, and all of those who view this podcast are just the beneficiary of the work of a very talented uh, hairstylist at uh, Rock's Barbershop in downtown Durham. Free, free publicity. Well, for, sh- uh, shout out to Jenna, and if, if you're yep. in Durham and need a haircut, go see her. Did, did she have any opinions about the game this Saturday? She did such a great job with her hair, she, I'd listen to her. But I don't think she has an opinion one way or the other okay about it and and last thing before i drop it matt carter does the quick hits after every football game nc state football game so you know those at freepointthewolfpacker.com you'll see his quick hits very shortly after each and every game he's got a lot of great stats in there a lot of fun records you know what's nc state's record when they're on acc network what's nc state's record (laughs) when the game's on espn2 Matt, what I want to know is, do you have an all-time record of NC State games the week that you got a haircut? I don't. It would only be like one a year, too, because as I told you, the last time I got a haircut was July. So, right, um, and you don't have time in the football season most of the time to get a haircut. So uh, I probably I probably get one a year. I'd have to look back in the archives. I mean, that would be an interesting interesting uh we'll find out i mean we'll see how this goes on saturday if if it's not a great result you might have to stop getting your haircut during the football season moving forward because this is a big game ahead for the wolf pack we talked a lot about on the last podcast reflecting on the miami loss how you know good game one point loss you know if you're an nc state fan Yes, you, it's, you're disappointed by the loss, but it doesn't kill NC State's special season that it has going on. But with that being said, there's no more room for error if that's going to continue being the case. And it starts this weekend against a Louisville team that seems like it's hitting its stride this season, coming off a good 
conference win at home against Boston College. And, of course, you have to address, you know, the big news from Monday. One of the big things that we didn't know when we had our last podcast, Isaiah Moore, captain of this team, wears the number one jersey, a prize jersey in the Dave Doran program, you know, leader on and off the field, kind of the captain of the defense when he's on the field, when he's off the field, in the locker room, beloved figure in Wolfpack Nation. He's going to be out for the season. He had to undergo season-ending surgery due to the injury he suffered in the Miami game. It is a huge loss for NC State, really only comparable to NC State's loss of Peyton Wilson in Week 2 this season. Of course, another important loss to mention, and you know, not to throw shade on this player, he's also a very important player, Chandler Zavala, who is doing a great job at left guard right next to Iki Kwanyu this first half of the season. He had to undergo season-ending surgery as well. So you're missing now two more starters on a team that was already feeling the injury bug a little bit. How do you think this play... I mean, first of all, what are your thoughts on those two losses the rest of the season? And do you think either of those are going to be crucial losses specifically for this upcoming game Saturday against Louisville? Yeah, I mean... When you look at Isaiah Moore, they're going to be a drop-off on defense. You know, they did a good job limiting the drop-off after Peyton Wilson and Cyrus Fagan and then C.J. Clark got injured, right? They, they minimized the drop-off. The defense would be better if those three guys were on the field. It's going to be another drop-off here. The question is, how much can you minimize it? And it does come at a tricky point in the schedule. Um, is that you got a very athletic, fast quarterback in Luke Cunningham who's going to have to have a kind of a discipline, you know, he's going to have to be disciplined because he has the ability to, to draw you in and, and, and next thing you know, you're missing a tackle or he draws you in and the leading receiver is the ace-back tight end. Maybe he's trying to pull you in with a play action and, and – get hit behind you with a play action path. I mean, everything's got to be disciplined. They run a lot of wide zone run, um, running game. So you have to stay in your lanes. Don't let the cutback. That's what the zone running game is a lot of times about, is opening up that cutback lane. Um, and so you have the trickiness of that. And then you kind of have a similar scenario immediately after that with Jordan Travis at Florida State. Another quarterback, probably the top, I think they are statistically the top running team in the ACC now, Florida State, ever since they went back to Jordan Travis, a quarterback. Wake Forest has one of the most unique offenses in America with the slow mess lead option. You know, and that requires a, a very disciplined linebacker, of course. So, and then Syracuse has the best running back in the ACC, and UNC has its offense. So, this is probably you know, a tough assignment to be throwing in a new linebacker. It'll be interesting to see how they play it, but they're going to be a drop-off. The question is, is how do you minimize that drop-off? You know, if you were going to give up 24 points in that game before, can you hold it to 27 points now? You know, Chandler Javala has been out the last couple of weeks. Running game has not been as good. If you listen to Dave Doyen, he, I think he would insist it's just a byproduct of the defenses once again loading up the box. They have had good success throwing the football. Um, 
you know, the offense scored 30 points on Miami. It had 450 yards of total offense, I believe, or in that ballpark. So uh, I still moved the football. Uh, the, the next few defenses that NC State faces, uh, Louisville got a real good pass rush, uh, and they forced a lot of turnovers. But I think that pass rush primarily comes off the edge. So I'm not sure, you know, how much that impacts losing Zavala. And, and um, you know, the Wake Forest game would be an interesting one because you can hurt them running the football. Uh, and that might be a game where you wish you had a Zavala. But at that point, Derek Eason, you know, would have started four or five games in a row, presuming good health. Dylan McMahon used to playing left guard and maybe you're, you're, you're more uh, moving along like, like a well-hung machine at that point. So uh, I think the Isaiah Moore injury is the significant one. And we just got to see how much they can limit that drop-off. And truthfully, they just cannot take any more severe body blows like this in the defense. I mean, it, it, you know, you got to hope this is it for the defense from here on out. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're looking at a defense now that, you know, going into this season, 10 of 11 returning starters, that was the strength of this defense. It's going to be experienced. It's going to be talented. And that's not to say that it still doesn't have talent, even if some of these, you know, more experienced guys go out. But that experience is key, particularly when you get into, you know, the home stretch here of your ACC schedule. Now missing four starters, um, you know, if you're looking at the – game one uh, death chart. So, and you bring up a great point, Matt, in the sense that, you know, if you think back to the first half of the schedule, NC State really hadn't faced too many elite offenses. You know, Mississippi State comes in with the reputation of, you know, Mike Leach, air raid type style, did a pretty good job of limiting that. Of course, the problem in that game was really the offensive inefficiency and Mississippi State's defense shutting that game down. Um, Clemson, of course, biggest win of the season thus far, but I mean, everybody knows that Clemson's offense is among the worst in the ACC, if not, you know, the power five level right now, just with due to their injury bugs and also just lack of experience on that side of the ball, you know, Louisiana, I mean, you could make the argument that Louisiana tech or Miami had the best offense that NC state's faced yet this season. Um, so let's talk about, you know, this specific matchup, NC State's defense versus Louisville's offense. I went back and looked at that Louisville-Boston College game. Louisville wins that game at home 28-14. Final score is a little bit deceiving, although Louisville did really have control of that game for most of the 60 minutes played. Boston College scores a fourth-quarter touchdown to make it 21-14. to You know, not a, not a game that Louisville – just kind of walked away from it was a hard-fought four-quarter game part of that's due to Louisville turning the ball over four times losing the turnover margin four to three Matt I saw you had an interesting statistic in your scouting Louisville um, story which is up on the wolfpacker.com if you want to go take a look we always end those articles with you know some interesting stats to keep in mind for the game one stat that I've jumped out to me, Scott Satterfield, 3-13 and 13 in games at Louisville in which the Cardinals lost the turnover margin. So that's one of the three last week. Um, but Malik Cunningham was just spectacular on his feet in this game. Two rushing touchdowns, rushed for over 120 yards, 
really didn't do too much damage in the passing game. In fact, was pretty inefficient. Threw two picks, no touchdowns, had roughly about 100 passing yards. Um, so it's kind of a it's it's kind of a pick your poison when you're facing a Louisville team against Malik Cunningham. Do you want to force Malik Cunningham to throw the ball, which he is capable of doing, by the way. He does of his six games this season, he's thrown for over 250 yards in four of them. Um, but if you you know want to shut him down in the pass game, you want to put pressure on him. He's able to get outside of the pocket and hurt you with his feet. So, Matt, what do you think? What do you think NC State's best suited for in terms of approaching? the Malik Cunningham-led Louisville offense, do you think they should force him to win the game by passing the ball? Or, you know, what, what do you do with him? I think, yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the, the games Louisville won, and if you look at the game that they've been very good in, in ACC play, they've run the football. I mean, that allows you, – you truly take advantage of Malik Cunningham's full repertoire – if you're in a situation where you can run the football and throw. And I think that's why an early start is, is really key in this game. You know, Malik Cunningham has pretty much been the quarterback for Scott Satterfield since he's been at Louisville. Um, and I don't think there's any secret why that this is a team that when it falls behind really struggles to come back. I think they're like 1-13 maybe at half, trailing at halftime under Scott Satterfield because you take away what makes Malik Cunningham so good if you make him kind of, you know, predictable in the sense that you have to throw the football. I mean, to come back, you can't risk running the football and getting stopped and clock running. You got to start throwing the football, making things happen. And if you do that to Malik Cunningham, you're taking away his full repertoire. You're making him predictable. If it's a tight game or they have to lead, then the whole playbook is open for him. And they can take advantage of his skill set. They can do, I mean, he can become an option guy. He can be a straight-up runner. Um, he can fool you with what looks like a design run and then throw the ball, or he can just be a, a drop-back passer. And, and you get, it's so difficult to defend a quarterback that, that multidimensional who can do so much. And he really is. You, you, you saw in, that, uh, in, in the BC game how athletic, Malik Cunningham is. He is the most, along with the, the, the Jeff Sims kid at uh, Georgia Tech, probably the two most athletic quarterbacks in the ACC. And Jordan Travis is up there too at Florida State. So um, I think the key is that you got to really gear up, stop the run, start strong, get a lead, and take away some of that um, full playbook kind of limit Louisville's playbook, make them a bit more predictable on how they're going to use Malik Cunningham. I think that's going to be the best aspect of it. But look, this is the best offense NC State has faced this year. Uh, that's the truth. Statistically speaking, they average more yards per game than any team NC State has played this year. They're by far the best running offense NC State has played this year. You know, um, they're going to be tested. And I think really the key is can the offense start strong. They did not start strong at all at Miami. Um, they did not start particularly strong at Mississippi State. Bad turnover in the red zone, missed the field goal, didn't take advantage of opportunities. We are entering a portion of the schedule where when you add on the injuries to what they're playing, 
it's pretty incumbent upon the offense to step it up, start strong, and become an offense that you can count on getting you 30, 35 points a game and 450 yards of offense a day. Um, that, that, it, 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 yeah, they've done if you, if you had a drink every time he said complimentary football that far this season, you'd be a, a very drunk man right now, but that, it truly comes into play now. The offense has got to step up and carry a bigger load going forward. It's not just the quality of Louisville's offense that kind of alarms you with the loss of Isaiah Moore just this past week. You know, your captain, your middle linebacker, really the perfect game to him, for him to showcase what he's best at, which is reading the offense, playing disciplined football. He's a great tackler, exactly the type of guy that you really kind of want as a spy on a guy like Cunningham. Because the thing is, you can't just you can't just put pressure on Cunningham. You can't just blitz him because he's quick enough and athletic enough to get around some of these defensive linemen, even in times where it looks like all hope is lost and it's going to be a sack. He can he can slip a tackle and then hurt you for 20, 25 yards downfield. So you you can't just you can't just sell out against the run. You still have to play disciplined football, and it's going to be incumbent on the linebackers to you know read the plays react appropriately and and it has to be a strong tackling game for nc state we'll see i mean this defense has showed time and time again that it stepped up to the challenge every time it's been called upon really i mean they responded well after the adversity against louisiana tech really the miami game was the second time this nc state defense has received any type of adversity beyond that or just had a poor performance at times I mean I didn't think the defense was bad against Miami I thought it was more Miami's offense was pretty impressive but it certainly wasn't the defense's best outing this season let's see how they respond against what should be one of the tougher tests of the season thus far and like you mentioned Matt doesn't get easier going from here on out I mean you've got I mean maybe throw out Syracuse I'm not too worried about the Syracuse offense I know they have a great running back but Florida State, Wake Forest, arguably the best offense in the ACC, competing with Pittsburgh, and then, of course, Carolina. Carolina, not a great team this year, but they do have a very good offense. Their problems are more on the defensive side of the ball. So you bring up offense. They've got to carry up, carry more of a load the rest of the way, and I agree with you 100%. The offense has been performing pretty well in recent weeks. You know, to put up you would have liked to see maybe a little bit more in the run game against Miami. Of course, Miami sold out against the run, so you take what the defense gives you. Devin Leary had a pretty solid performance, maybe wishes he had a few of those throws back. But an interesting stat I saw on Twitter, Matt, I sent it to you earlier. It's from David Hale, the ESPN ACC writer. He did a quarterback comparison of the five power five quarterbacks in college football right now. Uh, that have reached a certain threshold of stats. It's pretty interesting because Devin Leary, you know, he's getting some attention, but he's not getting a whole lot of attention. I thought you brought up a good point before this podcast. I'll let you share, but only five FBS quarterbacks are averaging 250 pass yards per game with at least 17 passing touchdowns and at most three interceptions this year. There's five of them. And one of them is not like the rest. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Kenny Pickett, Sam Hartman, all in the Heisman conversation right now. Sam Hartman, not as much, but 
you know, he he's he's kind he of the guy. Odd he has odds. That's right. And, and regionally, I think it's kind of one of those. You know, we really should be talking about him more. You're not hearing that with Devin Leary, who's the fifth guy. Just like you know, if you're using the, and I know it's a little bit of cherry picking stats, but it does show that Leary has been consistent. He's been able to move the ball down the field. He's been able to find the end zone, and he's been able to, most importantly, limit his turnovers, which has been a bugaboo for him in the past, right? You know, we've always known Leary's ability to throw the deep ball. We've always known Leary's ability to you know, produce on offense, but can he take care of the football? So far, he has done that. This is a big game for him to do exactly that. How do you think NC State approaches this game offensively? Because on one hand, you think, man, this would, you know, it's been it's been a while since that run game's really gotten going. You kind of want to see that get going a little bit more, but at the same time, with the efficiency in the pass game, you can't just abandon the passing, especially in a game that you know could turn into a, shoot, a shootout if the defense can't keep Louisville's offense off the field. So, Matt, how, what are you what are you seeing for this in terms of this matchup? Where can NC State take advantage of Louisville's defense? If you look at it just by the stats um, through the air. As it's funny, we're talking about, you were just talking about Devin Leary and everything he's done. You know, the risk is Louisville pretty good at getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, they're one of the, they're one of the top teams, not only in the league, but in the country and getting sacks. And I, I think probably as a byproduct of that, they're pretty good at getting interceptions too, right? It, it tends to be a correlation. Um, and I, they lead the ACC in interceptions. But if you can give Larry a little bit of time, and if Larry is accurate and smart with the football, you can move the ball through the air against Louisville. Uh, and teams have proven that. I believe, I don't have the, uh, the number in front of me, but I believe they were 116th out of 130 teams in passing yards allowed per game. So, um, you know, they, they, they're going to give up yards in the passing game. If you can just take care of it and and not have negative plays in your backfield, you should have a nice day throwing the football on them, um, both from a yardage standpoint and from an efficiency standpoint. So I honestly think that's going to be the best way to move the football. Um, you, know, you hope that the, uh, everybody's got their confidence back and, and ready to go and uh, in that regard. And... and yeah, you know, if you can do that, if you can throw the football well, that should set up the pat, uh, the running game for you. Uh, but you look at the two losses they had, Wake Forest and Virginia, in ACC play, those teams threw for a ton of yards. I think Virginia almost threw for 500 yards. And the thing is, if Virginia was way down, they outscored Louisville 21-3 to in the fourth quarter to win that game by a point which means Louisville knew that Virginia was throwing the football. They knew that the pass was coming, and they still couldn't stop it. So that tells you that they're vulnerable, even though they got a, a very good corner and, and key trail Clark, second-team All-ACC last year, and he got three interceptions. But they, it almost seems like they're feast or famine against the pass. Either they're getting a sack or an interception, or they're giving up a completion in big yards. Um so this is the potential for Devin Leary to have a nice game here if he's on his game and the receivers are on their game and they're in rhythm and they're connecting. Um, 
know, come out. And I personally, I, like I said before, I think the key is to come out and start fast. I mean, I think Devin Leary needs to come out. If I was me, I'm aggressive early with Devin Leary, trying to get down the field, scoring points, getting points on the first drive early, and and getting yourself a good early lead. That that would be my objective. You brought up NC State getting its confidence back. That's kind of the last point I want to touch on here before we wrap this podcast up because I think it is a storyline to watch or just something to watch on Saturday night at Carter-Finley Stadium. You know, this NC State team coming back from a tough tough weekend, not just the disappointing loss, but also the loss of your captain, a big voice in the locker room, a beloved player in the locker room, Isaiah Moore. Of course, he's still going to be on the sidelines. He's still going to be an active part of the program, but it's still you're, you're still not going to get him on the field. And I know that those players are very close to Isaiah Moore. Matt, you're the guy that's been in these press conferences this week with Coach Dorn and some of the players, getting the general feel for what what the emotions are like in the locker room right now, responding from that loss. What's the vibe you're getting from NC State, you know, in the Murphy Center right now? Where is their confidence level at? How are they responding to the loss of Moore just from a men- mental standpoint? Not not just from the X's and O's standpoint. We know that'll be a loss in that regard, but but just kind of what 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 do you expect do you expect an energized, disciplined NC State team after a game where, you know, you, you think back, a few missed opportunities go your way, you probably leave Miami with a win in that game. What what what's the feeling in Raleigh right now going into this game? I think there was a, a, a since they're still a little bit of letdown after losing that game at Miami and how everything went down and and you know you had to, it's hard not to right you it's different from Mississippi State when I was game two or the non conference game you had the whole rest of the season ahead of you you had a surefire win coming up right after that game. Uh, and then you had a big opponent to start off ACC play. I mean, that was the perfect setup to bounce back. This is a harder bounce back because you were dreaming ACC championship. Still there, but, you, have, um, you know, it, it puts a dent in your in your path to that ACC championship, and then you throw in losing injuries, and, and you're playing Louisville, which, a divisional opponent, a very good opponent, a team they I'm sure they respect, but there's, there's no real like strong emotional attachment to it. I mean, it's not an in-state rival, it's not Clemson, it's not the U, it's you know, it's none of that. It's just you know, it's not you know, Boston College preseason potential ACC champ, you know, a lot of hype. When it's Louisville coming off a struggling season, they're probably better than their record indicated last year. You didn't even play them last year. Um, you know, so you, you got to kind of be very mentally strong this game. But I, look, I suspect NC State will be ready to go. And the key is, is so will Louisville. Louisville played well in the ACC this year. They are close to being a 4-0 team in the ACC. It should be 3-1 and for sure. So, like last week when we said, look at Miami, the 4-2 and two team, 2-0 two and oh in the ACC, not 2-4, and 0-2. Oh you really need to look at this team as a 5-2 and two team, 3-1 and one in the ACC. That's a better representation of what their record should be right now. So, um, this is a team that's really kind of on par with NC State in that regard. Um, so, it, you know, 
being ready and being geared up to go is only part of it because you're playing a good team. So you got to execute. You know, that makes me think of a good story idea for the Wolfpacker.com at the end of the season, Matt. We've brought up so many... Last two weeks, it's like back-to-back Miami, Louisville. You know, this team, it's really not what their record says it is. It, they, this is really a 5-2 and two team. Miami last week, this is really a 4-2 and two team, not a 2-4 and four team. At the end of the year, Matt, you should do a, this is what the ACC standings should have been. You know, you go back at the schedule, you look back at all the games that you felt were, the results were just not correct. The other team should have won recalculate the records that'd be i think that'd kill it honestly and if you don't go back and say nc state should have been eight and oh in the acc then what are you doing what are you doing no matter what happens the rest of the way so but anyways that's going to do it for this podcast uh nc state louisville on acc network 7 30 p.m this saturday october 30th in raleigh go back if you can it's homecoming get it get in the tailgating spirit out at carter finley stadium i'm sure it'll be a nice night there in raleigh uh quick reminder subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already apple spotify google play everywhere you name it we're there go to our youtube channel please subscribe again quick reminder you got to go see matt's haircut before it's too late because the next podcast he's not going to have it this well styled so head over to the youtube channel subscribe go watch this video give it a thumbs up and also drop a comment while you're at it Follow us on social media. You can follow our main account at The Wolfpacker. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will. And you can give us a like on Facebook at NC State Wolfpack on thewolfpacker.com. So for Matt Carter, this is Justin Williams, and this has been The Wolfpacker Podcast.